This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. And it's today as we talk about being on mission for Christ. There's been a debate in the church that has actually grown a little weary for me, uh, a debate that it's sweeping the nation and the world, and it's should your church be just on campus or just online and is online important and valuable and how do we deal with it and and as Alex Amaya was here a couple of weeks ago I love what he said if you're watching online get your butt back to church he's got some strength to him and uh so we haven't gotten all caught up in the on-campus online debate because we want you to be on mission so on campus online and you know there are people that can spend years on campus and not be on mission Just like there can be people that watch online, consume content, but they're not on mission. We want you to be on mission with Jesus, serving Jesus, serving the body of Christ and plugging in. Today is a great opportunity for our church. All of our ministry teams here at the church have set up uh, booths over at the chapel. And at the end of this service, we're going to encourage you to make your way over there. If you're not plugged in and serving uh, in this church family, we're going to encourage you to just make your way over there with great response after the first service. Because our desire is not just to have you on campus or online. We want you taking a step, whether you're on campus or watching online, we want you to take a step to be on mission, to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And that means serving the body of Christ. Now, you know, one of my passions in life is fishing. I've always loved fishing. Today, we're going to talk about fishing. More importantly, fishers of men. But I just want to say, if you're looking for a sport, nothing gets more biblical than this right here. Okay, so um, (laughs) you can have your other sports, but this one honors Jesus right here. The one when we get the... no. So I love, I love fishing, and I had two buddies that came down from Minnesota, Marty and Dave, this week, and I, I took them to Dogwood Canyon, and I have a buddy in this church. He's an expert fly fishing guide. His name is Jim Bracken, and Jim is just gentle and kind as a guide. I've hired guides over the years, and some of them can be downright mean and nasty. I mean, you, I can't tell you. They yell at you. Like you miss a fish and the guy would be like, well, good, nice job, Einstein. And you're like, whoa, hey, listen, I'm paying you to yell at me right now. Uh, I want you to encourage me. How many prefer to be encouraged rather than being yelled at? Anybody prefer being yelled at? Okay, because those guys are out there. You can pay them 300 bucks. But Jim is fantastic. And as we're driving out on the golf cart to Dogwood Canyon... And don't let anybody pick on you for fishing at Dogwood Canyon. Yes, it's like fishing in an aquarium, but it is a blast. (laughs) And no other place on this earth will you catch fish and have an audience cheering you on. Amen, Dave. Dave couldn't believe it. He goes, this is fantastic. He caught a couple of fish in an area where there were no people. And when he brought the fish in and nobody cheered, he was looking around like, where is everybody? I just just caught this fish. And so, but, but as we're driving out, he goes, Ted, we fish on these streams in Minnesota. And... We'll, st- we'll stand out there eight hours and catch nothing. How many of you prefer catching over fishing? Would you raise your hand? Let me just see. There's a lot of people. You can fish without catching. Let me see your hand. Not as many. And I told him, and he didn't believe me. I said, Dave, you are going to catch a trophy trout in the first two minutes of being out here. And they looked at each other like, 
Yeah, no way. Well, he didn't catch it in two minutes. He caught it in the first 60 seconds. And it was fun because we first had to show Dave how to hold a fish. He didn't know how to hold a fish. It was pretty challenging. I brought a little video I want you to watch. This is Dave learning how to hold a fish. Pick it up, Dave. Just pick it up. That fish gave his life for that video. He's floating in Table Rock Lake somewhere right now. But <laughs> give it a few hours of walking alongside Jim Bracken. This is what I love about the church. I absolutely love this about the church. You know you're not supposed to do life alone. You know following Jesus, this is a team sport. Like we're to be together and, and having those who are seasoned believers, those who've walked with the Lord for years, walk alongside us like Jim walks along, young people learning how to fish, guys my age learning how to fish. And I just love watching it. Just give it a few hours. Dave, you know, about an hour later, he hooked into a fish, and I'm not kidding, it was probably eight or nine pounds. It's where the tram stops and feeds the fish 12 times a day. And so I go, we're going to that pond right there. And this thing was huge. And you got to know, you know, you're using real light, tip it on the end here and 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 this fish he fought this fish for about five minutes and then he uh touched the reel when he shouldn't have touched the reel the thing snapped off my heart sank and being the encourager that i am i said well you'll never have an opportunity like that again in your life that was it you just got your last chance but that was not his last chance we just listen to jim we lean into jim jim's teaching us he's guiding us and at the end of the day at the end of our time together Dave hooks into this fish. And I want you to watch the end of this quick video because he's like a guy in the end zone who, you know, points up, woo, did it. He is praising his father in heaven that he caught this. Check this out. There's the crowd goes wild. Thank you, Lord. Now, four hours earlier, he didn't know how to hold a fish. Watch Dave at the end of our time together. He's got the cocky face going on. I can't even look at the camera for how awesome I am. And I use this quote all the time in marriage, but it's true of marriage, any sport, fishing. But it's true of our faith as well. Uh, Jeff Graham said this, whether in marriage, guitar, or tennis, one can certainly become decent without guidance. But the novice's likelihood of sticking with it, advancing to intermediate, and then developing into a pro goes way up with great coaching and deliberate practice. And today, what we want for you is to take a step. We want you to take a step going on mission with Christ and serving the body of Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 10. And before we get to this story of the disciples trying to figure out what their position is going to be in the kingdom, trying to figure out who's going to be closest to Jesus, who's going to be at his right, who's going to be at his left, I want to take us back to the beginning. Don't turn to Matthew chapter 4, but we're going to start there with the calling of the first disciples. 
And we read this as you're turning to Mark 10, Mark, Matthew 4, 18 through 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Woo! Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets, and we studied this years ago, and remember, leaving their nets meant they left their livelihoods. They left how they were able to provide for their family. But they left their livelihoods to follow Jesus. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately, I love that word, and I'm hoping that's some of you today, that it just, it's immediately, no more thinking, no more spending years and years trying to figure out, should I take this next step? Like, you're going to just take it. You're immediately going to do it. Immediately, they left the boat. So they dropped their nets. They left their livelihood. But add to it their family. They left their family and their father and followed him. Now, fast forward. This is when they were first called to follow Jesus. Imagine all they saw while following Jesus. I mean, they watched. Before we get to Mark 10, you see, he is triumph. He triumphs over disease and death and demons. He's preaching. He's discipling. And guess what this does? This attracts crowds. More people coming to hear Jesus, more coming to need something from Jesus. The disciples are watching this. Adam showed the video clip last week that I think fits that attitude and what was going around that campfire. Kind of that tone fits with what we're reading today as well. But they saw this, and they saw more people wanting to follow Jesus. The, they think the kingdom's going to be on their way to Jerusalem, like we, we are going to establish it once we get there. And they're, they're wanting to make sure their position is set. Their place in the kingdom is set. And that's where we pick up in Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. That's bold. Let's just all admit. That's pretty, that's your child. I don't know if you've had this happen to you as a parent. Your child comes to you and says, I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to give me a yes. Like they want the yes. And you're like, well, if I can't know the question, the answer is no. But I'm going to ask you something. I need you to do it. If you read this account in Matthew, Matthew and Mark don't contradict one another on these accounts. But when you read it in Matthew 2020, you see that it is their mother that actually makes this request of Jesus. When you get to Mark, you can understand it was these two sons that were encouraging their mother as well. So there's no contradiction between the two stories. But they are going to ask. They're going to make a request. And Jesus handles it way better than I would and way better than you would. Because I'd be like, sit down, right? But Jesus says, hey, what do you want me to do for you? He asked. And they replied, let one of us sit at your right, which was the place of prominence, and the other at your left, which would be just below that, in your glory. What are they asking for? They're asking for a position. They're asking for a title. They're asking for prominence, prestige, privilege. But what we're going to see today and what we need to be reminded of, follower of Christ, especially if you've followed the Lord for a long time, the gospel challenges everything we think we deserve. Everything. And on mission with Jesus isn't about positions and platforms. 
Are there positions in the church? Absolutely. Are there roles in the church? Absolutely. Do people have platforms? Do Christian leaders have platforms? Absolutely. But the kingdom of God is not about establishing your personal platform. It's not about establishing your personal kingdom. We are called to serve Jesus and his kingdom. And if your goal every day is to wake up and to find a place and to make sure I can't lose followers, I can't say anything or do anything that might hurt my platform. People say this to me all the time. Hey, be careful what you say. If you, there's some stuff you might want to avoid because it might hurt your platform. Well, let it. Because nothing will hurt the church. Nothing will bring down the church. Our job is to serve Jesus and his kingdom. Not establish our own little kingdoms everywhere. Right? So it's not about positions and platforms, although we have them. That's not what we're to be going after. And what does it say? Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. What he's going to say is, those closest to me will suffer the greatest. Those closest to me, they're going to work the hardest. They're going to suffer. And you're asking about positions right now in the kingdom. And I'm here to tell you about something else that is coming your way. He says, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am about to be baptized with? Suffering and ultimate death of Jesus. Can you do that? John Piper says it this way. The more earnest we become about being the salt of the earth and the light of the world and reaching the unchurched peoples of the world and exposing the works of darkness and loosing the bonds of sin and Satan, the more we will suffer. Jesus says, can you take this cup? And can you have this baptism? And how do they answer? We can. And Jesus said to them, and most believe in this story right here, they didn't know. They didn't fully comprehend what Jesus was talking about, his suffering and his death, and that Jesus is inviting them into that. You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the same baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. You come to me with positions, and guess what? I'm telling you, it's about suffering. And we're talking about serving today. And yes, we call it the sweet spot. And the reason we call it the sweet spot is because we want you to find your spiritual gifts, your heart motivations, your abilities, your personality, your experience. That's your spiritual shape. And we want you to use that to serve. But make no mistake, when we talk about serving, and this text is clear, Jesus invites us into his suffering, not some soft serve indulgence. I like soft serve ice cream. You can tell. It's one of my passions. A dip cone from Dairy Queen, bring it on. But when it comes to serving, when it comes to serving, it's not about I serve until someone hurts my feelings. I serve until I don't... Get the appreciation. When this stops coming, I'm done. When they ask me to do something I don't want to do, or when, when Jesus calls me to something that is, I just know it didn't happen that way for me, or it's not happening that way for my family. No, no. We are called to enter into the suffering and death of Jesus. You want to be close to Christ? It's not about positions and platforms. And if I can encourage you, if you've ever stopped serving, don't allow hurt feelings to keep you from serving. Somebody said something, they did something to you, someone didn't give you the appreciation of the applause that you think you deserve. No, the gospel challenges everything we think we deserve. I, I hear it often, and it, it's a conversation that never ends well. Someone wants to share something they think needs to happen. 
It's something we need to do, and they lead out with, I tithe at this church. That conversation ain't going anywhere good. You know why? Because that's a person who's living with entitlement. That's a person who's like, I do this, so I better get this. Okay, no, no, no. You do this, and guess what that brings you? Into a place where you're invited to suffer. Where it doesn't bring you privilege and perks. <laughs> it brings you entering in and serving with Jesus, being on mission with Christ. Now watch. When they heard this, the other 10 heard this, right? 12 disciples. When the other 10 heard this, They became indignant. They were mad. Why were the other disciples mad about the request James and John made of Jesus? Because they had the same ambition. I'm going to add to it. This is just tone. I'm not adding to the scripture, but it's just tone. The attitude here is, how dare you? Who do you two think you are? I'm Peter. You want the right? No. They're ticked indignant with James and John because these were positions they wanted and it gets ugly. Ministry competitiveness is ugly. And ministry competitiveness fills us, competitiveness fills us with pride and arrogance. Right? We don't compete in this church. And if I can just say, we don't compete with other churches in this town. Right? When something great is going on at another church, we have only one response. If it's a Bible teaching church, if it's a heretical church, we no, don't. But if it's Bible believing, Bible teaching church and something great happens, we have only one response. That's it. Someone gets frustrated here, mad here, they leave and they go to another church. We celebrate that. We bless that. We have gifted First Baptist Church. I don't know how many members over the years. We have gifted Bloom, First United Methodist, First Presbyterian Church. And as God is working in those church, Woodland Hills, may our only attitude and opinion ever be, go serve the kingdom. You're reaching people we don't reach. You're able to minister to people we don't. Here's the thing. With your ministry, with our ministry as a church, stay in your lane. God has you in a lane in your race. Run. Run. Don't be one of these that when someone runs alongside you, and they will. Right? The older we get, younger people run faster. Can I get an amen on that one? And all of us, as we grow older, I'm already seeing this at 47. We need the 20-year-olds and the 30-year-olds. We need you running past us. You got more energy. Right? You got more energy. And as you run past me, I don't want to hold you back. You're in a lane. Guess what? As you run past me, one response. Go. Run. Run, 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 run. Cheer on the runners in the other lane. Other churches running, growing. When a church gets planted in our town, I see it happen too much. Uh Uh-oh, such and such a church is planting a campus in our town that's going to destroy our church. No, this is our response. Why? Because we're all on the same team. We're running our race. Run your race. Don't hold back. Keep going. So Jesus calls them together because he's got a bunch of children that need to understand what's really going on. Jesus called them together. I'm going to add, sit down. And said, I added that. That's just, again, it's tone. I'm trying to bring some tone to the message. And some of you are like, that wasn't Jesus' tone. Uh, He was more like your buddy Jim at Dogwood Canyon. Uh, 
You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, watch this, lord it over them. He's going to tell them, that's a bad example for you to follow. That is not the kingdom. This is not a corporate structure. This is not a work your way up the ladder, get to the top, and have everybody else serve you. That is not the kingdom, period. So that's why there can be no entitlement. There can be no, I've been a believer for 40 years. There can be no, none of this, uh, I've served the church for 20 years. It's time for me to be done. No, where's Al? Is Al in here? Al greeted you on that door on the way in. He's like 98 years old. And both of us are convinced. He's popping his head and everybody look back at Al right there. There he is. He's more like 70. But let me tell you something. He's going to die at that door. And that's what we want to invite you all to. Come here and experience the death process at Woodland Hills Family Church. Come and die. Right? Get a cup of coffee. Be comfortable in your padded seats and caffeinated while you die. Jesus says, this isn't who we are. This isn't the kingdom. And their high officials exercise authority over them. And what does he say? Not so with you. Get that out of your thinking. Don't ever again lead out a conversation. If you're visiting here, you go, don't ever lead out a conversation with how much you give. Don't. Don't ever lead out a conversation with the leader at your church with all that you've done and how important you are. And this church won't survive without me because I'm here to tell you it will. It will. Didn't say any of this at 830. I don't know what your problem is at 10. But Rhonda, there's some issues we got to work out here. Instead, instead, he said, whoever wants to become great among you, it's not about the right or the left, positions, privileges, perks, platforms. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. On mission with Jesus is not about power or perks rising to the top. He uses the ruler of the Gentiles, lording it over them. And I I created this, and it's not going to shock you to know that I made this graphic right here. (laughs) The graphic artists are going, man, he's awesome. uh, That is a PowerPoint graphic of stick people. You're welcome. It's the opposite of this. This isn't about working your way up. So now you have all these people serving you. I've got something I want to do. I'm going to start this ministry. I need you serving my ministry. I'm going to build a platform. I need you build. I have this position. I need you taking care of me. Jesus says just the opposite. Flip this upside down. That is an awesome graphic. I don't care what you say. That red line going right there. (laughs) What Jesus is saying, right? We are, every one of us in here should be descending into greatness. And we become the servant of all, slave of all, serving those. I don't know where you are right now in your next step. You're a born-again believer. You're a Christian. You're following Christ. I just have to ask you, how how many people are you serving? We have people all over this campus online. We have people all over this town all week long. They're serving students. They're serving children. They're serving couples. They're serving singles. They're serving couples in crisis. They're serving newlyweds, right? They're serving guests. There are people here that are like, man, we can't wait for the guests to show up today and, and we're going to be prepared for them. We're going to be ready for them, right? This is not our example. This is our example. And Jesus ends the text with this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now remember, he's still seated right now, or he's still sharing with the disciples. He's saying, you guys have it backwards. You think the kingdom's going to be set up and it's going to be like lording it over people. No, 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 no. Become the servant of all. Serve. Humble yourself. And today, that's, what, that's our heart as a church, is that you would find a place. Go on mission with Jesus. Would you help me welcome 49 new members of the church that joined on Wednesday night? We're grateful that you're here. Welcome to the family. You know, some, some friends of mine have said that, you know, and this is true, in 2020 and 2021, we're not just seeing it in the workplace, and we're not just seeing it in communities, we're seeing it in churches too. It's been called like this, this great turnover. Uh, you know, staffs and churches and members turning over, and there's this great reshuffling across the country. But I had a friend told me this weekend, I thought he was spot on, he goes, maybe it's not a turnover as much as it is a sifting. That what the pandemic did and what we all went through in the pandemic, right? It just, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, it just revealed our foundation and it sifted people. And yeah, there are people that aren't on campus or online. They're completely disconnected from the church, but they were for years. And I just want to encourage you. It's, it's time. It's time to make the decision and go all in, go on mission with Jesus. And one of the things I love about what the teams have put together at the chapel this week and today for you to visit after the service, you're going to meet people at these different spots in the chapel who, I mean, we've got fly fishing guides spread out all over there. And guess what? They've all committed to me. None of them are going to yell at you. There will be no yelling. They say that for me up here when it's more of a corporate feel. Uh, But no one's going to yell at you. They're going to come alongside you. And you might not know how to do it. You may feel like you're fumbling and like my buddy Dave did. But boy, give it some time. Plug in, serve. And check out this video that explains a little bit more about the sweet spot. The hexagon is known to be one of the strongest shapes that exist. As the honeycomb is formed through the compiling of a grid of hexagons, we learn that a healthy hive is built with strength and fortitude in mind. Throughout the ages, God's plan for the gospel message to reach the ends of the earth also included a structure built with strength and fortitude in mind. This is the church. Every week, many members of our church family work together to inspire the family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Whether you're greeting with a smile, teaching the next generation, running tech equipment, or practicing hospitality, something sweet happens when members of the body of Christ bring what we have to benefit the church. We become united on mission. I think the most meaningful thing about serving the church has really been just being able to build relationships with the kids we work with, but also their families. As parents, we know that the hour we get to spend in service is super important to our marriage and our individual walks, and so it's just nice to be able to give that back to other families, and so that's been really, really impactful. As the honey that bees produce come in an abundance of volume, a variety of colors and flavors, so varied are our laborers and their gifts. Well, I would definitely tell someone who hasn't served yet, uh, they might be scared at first. They might uh, be prodded by their wife a lot to do it. But once you do it and once you find something that you love, it's, it's awesome. Um, the, you know, what you get back from it is so much more than what you put into it. 
Our heart is that those who connect with our church get to share in the abundance of these labors. And just as honey never spoils, our service unto God makes an eternal impact in our congregation, community, and our world. When we really believe that every member is a minister and put this belief into action through serving at Woodland Hills, we find our sweet spot. So we just want to give you some practical ways to take the next steps and some things to consider. I want to encourage, if you're not serving at Woodland Hills on a Sunday or throughout the week, different ministries uh, that take place, consider serving an existing ministry of the church rather than starting a new one. And we're always concerned about mission drift because it happens a lot in the church. Somebody gets passionate. They want to start something brand new. They run it for six months and then they're done. And they just want us to find them a leader. And now we're like trying to take care of this. And the problem is if we don't have a passionate leader leading the ministry, we will kill it. And, and some of you know what I mean. You, you served at churches maybe growing up. that they, never, they started ministries all the time. They never stopped ministries. And their bulletins became real thick. And that's where when you get into mission drift and you begin, why are we doing this? And, and let me tell you something. And you're like, boy, that sounds strong to kill a ministry. We always give it a decent burial. We never, uh, we never kill things, but we, we honor it. We want to do well. But the problem is if it doesn't have a passionate leader, and some of you, there's plenty of ways you can use your spiritual gifts without starting a new ministry. And some of you are like, well, I'm a starter. Well, <laughs> we want to encourage you. There's plenty of ministry already taking place and encourage you to plug into that. We have many people that are in vocational ministry. If you serve in vocational ministry, serve your local church too. You serve Big C Church But I want to encourage you, plug into your local church and serve as well. Bring your gifts and bring your abilities and personality. Bring your experience to meet the needs here at this church as well. If you feel you've served enough, okay? I I was trying to find a softer way to say it, but keep serving. Keep serving. Be like Al. Die here at Woodland Hills in your position. There's going to be a shirt made off of that. Uh, I can tell. Be like Al. Uh, But keep serving. Like I'm in my lane and I'm running. I want to say I fought the good fight. Right? I kept the faith. I finished my course. I did the work that was given to me. I'm not going to stop. However, if you need a break, take one. There's a lot of people that come to Woodland Hills from other ministries or they move here from across the country. I don't know, like states like California. And when they get here... They're like, man, I served for 20 years in this ministry at our church. Can, can we just have a little bit of time? And the answer is absolutely. But have a plan. Don't just take a break. Have a plan to plug in and to serve. Serve again. If you are new, curious, or intimidated by everything we're talking about, okay, go over right now. Visit us at the chapel, which is after I pray, we're going to get up, we're going to leave, we're going to head right over there. And, and talk with some. Walk around. You don't have to talk to anybody at first. You can just walk in and look and just see what is available as they're there to greet you and look at with a donut uh, or whatever it is. But anyway, they just want to help. They want to encourage you. They want to be that expert fly fishing guide that walks alongside you and, and just encourages you and gets you to a place where you feel comfortable um, 
in, in what God's called you to do and you're like, yeah, I have a confidence now. I am going to serve uh, in this ministry. And we hope that many of you, I'm praying for hundreds of people at Woodland Hills uh, today to take this next step. And online, please go online, fill out the form. Let us know that you're interested as well. Would you pray with me as we close? Father, it is in the name of Jesus that we thank you uh, for uh, our time today. We thank you for what you continue to do at this church. From ministry uh, on campus and online and all throughout the week, uh, to, to walk into coffee shops and see people ministering to couples and, and having Bible studies, to see the ministry that takes place in homes all across this community, southwest Missouri and northwest Arkansas. We're grateful, and we know you will continue to do great work in the lives of people. We thank you for this church, for the one who's never placed faith in Jesus, that today would be the day they take that step of going all in with Jesus. They confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in their heart that he has been raised from the dead, that they will be saved. And for that, we are grateful. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed and said, amen.